Hello, Flyperbole listeners. Welcome back. This is your host, Steve Jaco. Tonight, joined by Bill Matz, and we get to talk about the greatest thing in the world, Flyers hockey. Everybody loves it. Everybody's excited about it. It's never been a better time to be a Flyers fan. Bill, how you feeling? How you doing? Today, I'm, uh, You've had to talk about this team like 20 times today. Yeah, so. I, I thought there was more coming. I was just waiting for you. No, there. Uh, there's absolutely never been a better time to be a Flyers fan if you absolutely hate yourself. Uh, you can just turn on this team every single night and have your uh, have your negativity reaffirmed by the way this team plays. It's really something special to see uh, a bunch of guys who clearly have a problem with their entire fan base, so much so that they need to prove it on national television regularly. Yeah, I, I, and you're right. Like Whatever negative thing you think about this team, it's there every night waiting for you. Just whatever horrible thing. And, like, and it feels like a new nightmare every night. I keep trying to find the silver lining because, you know, we have to talk about this team constantly multiple times a week. So you, you don't want to be all negative, but it's, it's they make it damn hard, man. Like, even a game they played, the Islanders game, they actually played a good game. And they still found a way to completely fuck it up. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I find with my post games, like, there's a thing in wrestling, like, if you're cutting a promo, you don't want to start at 10, because then where do you go? Well, like, this team has had me at 10 multiple times this week, and now, there's another half of the season left. <laughs> like, where do we go from here with this, uh, just, uh, the most frustrating team I've, uh, it was one thing when they were bad and I expected them to be bad. And it's another thing to, like, just slightly underachieve, but to be actually bad when you're supposed to be good, it's, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's like a feat. It's honestly almost impressive. Right. You're almost impressed by how bad this is. Because a couple of years ago, you at least had the excuse, okay, they've been on this rebuild, they cleared out cap space, they're trying to get young talent, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it wasn't the best defense some days, and uh, believe me, a lot of days it wasn't the best defense, but it, at least it was something. This team, we had so many expectations after last year. We really, and after the first, I don't know, quarter of the season, I thought they were going to be good. And whatever they're laying out there right now, these turds that they're laying out there on a nightly basis is just, it's just unbelievable. And I, I really hit a wall last night with that Devils game. Cause I, at least they've been able it's to the win fucking like the Sabres. Devils. It's the fucking Devils. Like they've been able to win these Sabres games. They can beat the bottom feeders and then. When you start having trouble with the bottom feeders, the games you should win, that's when you're in trouble. And again, it's the goddamn Devils. Like, I have so many bad memories of this team. I hate the Devils. I don't care how good or bad the Devils are. I want the Flyers to beat the Devils. And, ugh, excruciating. It really is. It's the worst. Just And, like, now they have three in a row, I think, with the Rangers. Like, there's a really good chance they're behind the Rangers in the standings after these three games. Like, it's more oh than a 50-50 possibility. And this is, I have trashed the Rangers repeatedly going, they're nowhere close. They're not better than the Flyers. Well, guess what, folks? They're about to be better than the Flyers in the standings. They're they're only like two points behind right now. And thanks to that 9 nothing walloping, the goal differential, the Rangers have a plus 12 goal differential and the Flyers have a minus 14 goal differential right now. That's, 
I've been looking at those two specifically, and I keep having to remind myself, like, oh, yes, there's a nine-goal swing in there in one game. (laughs) It's just... One game. I'm, I'm like, out of ways to express my disgust with this team. Like, I keep reaching into, like, my vocabulary for a new word, and it's just, like, coming up empty. I'm, I'm like, running out of things. Like, I'm bewildered. I'm baffled. Like, it's, it's... Those are just the bees. Like I need, I need some more of these. You're just logging on to thesaurus.com every day. I can't say the word thesaurus apparently, <laughs> and just looking for new and creative ways to trash this team. And you're just completely out. I, I, I'm there with you. I can't. And last night, last night that Devils game was just. First off, they start off okay, one to one. Fine, I can take this. Just get out of the first period. Can't do that. Nope. With the Couturier line, like, that's when it's, like, we have the Couturier line on the ice at the end of the period, and it's like, please just don't get scored on. And then right. there's Zajac just sitting there on the crease, hanging out. Like, just chilling by just himself. Chilling. Nice, nice, easy tap in. Ugh. Yeah, Zajac, one of those guys who kills the Flyers every time he plays them, uh, it just had another one of those games against the Flyers last night. And they're down 4-1. My interest, completely gone. And of course, they score twice, like late in the game, to get me mildly back into it. And that and really, insult. I feel like sums uh, up. really, I felt insulted when they scored those goals. Like, no, I, I was like, no, do not. This is an insult to my intelligence. You're trying to make me think you're in this game when you just got beat by the fucking devils. Right. I'm completely checked out. And I just mildly look up. I was watching on my tablet only at that point, it wasn't even on my TV. And I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. Cool. Great. And, and like, my thing is, I can't figure out what... I think what's most frustrating about this team is you can't really pinpoint one particular problem. Like, one night, the offense isn't clicking, but the defense... Is, well, the defense hasn't been really doing well, or the goaltending all year. So those are the problems, but then... I don't know. It just feels like there's a million problems. That's, and then they team. have a night where they give up, like, 13 shots, but somehow lose 2-1. to one. Like... 2 to 1. It's, Two to one. it's 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 something it's a new it's a new and fun disaster for us to pa- unpack each and every evening. Yeah. And these Rangers games are going to be brutal coming up. I mean, at least at least we've had a couple games uh, against them without Panarin. And now that Panarin's back and they really seem to be starting to click on a lot more cylinders than they were earlier. That's not looking forward to it. No, it's, uh, like, I don't expect these games to go well. I I would love for them to just rattle off a bunch of wins, make me sound like an asshole for just being insane about this little slump they're in, but what's today, March 24th? Like, it's been the whole month now. Like, it's it's not just a little slump. It's, why should I expect them to suddenly turn this thing around when they've been given, like, Buffalo and the Rangers and they're not able to, like, just bury them? Right. And those are the teams you have to bury. That's the take care of business kind of kind of teams right there. So are you at the point where you just you've given up? Like they can't make a move that's going to get this team over the hump, or are you still do you still have a sliver of hope? Well, I have a sliver of hope that they make some moves that like uh, this year uh, they just don't have it. And even if they did, I don't think the goaltending situation is good enough to like anchor them through a playoff run. My sliver of hope is that they make moves that set up next year, because now at this point, looking to next year, if we're going 
man, if, if if Nolan Patrick and Morgan Frost can really just take that next step, if Sanheim and Myers can take that next step, like, if we're still having that conversation for the third season in a row, I'm going to be, like, really upset. Yeah, and that's 100% justified because we've been... Number one, I feel like people have been saying the next step for five years now. And on top of that, this really felt like the year. This had to be the year for the next step. Okay, I guess slight COVID mulligan or something, but I can't, I can't anymore after this year. Next year, it really has to be it, or you've got to blow shit up. And that's, like, I, I still want, like, I think they need to make some sort of move that changes the culture in this locker room. We can talk all we want about how they're a close-knit group, and they all like each other, the leaders are uh, doing a good job, but... Man, none of these guys have ever produced good results, like team results in their lives. Not a single one of them. Like, JVR left and came back and still hasn't seen a conference championship since 2010. Like, not, not a single guy on this team has ever accomplished anything from a team standpoint. You have to just come to the conclusion they can't do it. Oh, yeah, and it, I hate to be a guy who's kind of pushing for... I don't know, a little more grit, a little more... I don't necessarily want grit. I want a little more, like, kind of piss and vinegar guy. Like, a really just, like, kind of an asshole to step in here and flip over a table when they lose and be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? What are you sitting around for? Let's go kick somebody's ass. Yeah, like, Kevin Hayes, that was a nice addition of personality to this team, but I don't know if it's just kind of more the same. Like, a guy who's having fun in the locker room, likes to be one of the boys, and doesn't want to offend anybody. I think they do need someone who's, like, not their best friend. Yeah, right. They're all best friends. They all just want to hang out. We're just gonna, you know, we're gonna chill. We're gonna have a good time. No, we need somebody who's gonna be like, what the fuck is this? What are you assholes doing? Come on, let's go just kill somebody. It would be nice if somebody had the let's go kill somebody mentality, honestly. Other than us, let's go me, kill watching, somebody. me watching the game every night thinking, let's just go kill somebody. That'd be nice. That, that's all you really want to ask for. I actually had a question up here uh, where I asked, which Flyers coach, player, or GM would you grab from their prime to fix this current team? And like, I was, think I was thinking about it first. I'm like, well, I don't know if it's necessarily talent they need because I feel like this team has a ton of talent. I keep circling in on a Chris Pronger type. I mean, he's everything they need. <laughs> Talk about everything they need because they need defense. Yeah, number one defenseman who's a complete asshole. Like, that checks all the boxes. We'll cross-check someone in the teeth. No problem. I would love somebody who could cross-check somebody in the teeth right now. That sounds amazing. Just teeth spilled out on the ice. It's been so long since I've seen somebody's teeth on the ice. I need to see it. I think Sean Couturier's was the last set of teeth I've seen on the ice. (laughs) That's just just him. That's just how he looks. That's just how he looks. That's just who Coots is. The one guy, he's one of the, like, I don't know, there's maybe a handful of guys on this team that I can't really give too much shit to. It's like Sean Couturier, Farabee, and And I guess JVR, because he's, (laughs) that's it. And it's weird to say JVR. I still can't, it's really odd. It really is. It's funny, like, one of the most, like, I don't want to say hated, but just one of the most uh, controversial people on the team, like, a guy, a lightning rod, like, people love or hate JVR, like, he's he's a power forward, but he isn't actually tough, like, he's a net f- net front presence, but he doesn't, like, sit there and win battles like a Wayne Simmons, 
but he's having a hell of a year. It's I love JVR, and I didn't think he was like this good. No, I didn't think so either. And I, like he always has that move that he tries to pull out that just never seems that it always seems to come up short when you really want it to go in. He's got to be like four for the century on that move. Yeah. Every time you think this is going to be the time. No, it's never the friggin' time with it. But it's, I mean, whatever he's doing this year, he's the one guy. Well, he's one of like three guys who say, like, keep it up. What you're doing is great. And it's just, it's weird because you just look down this roster and for the most part, it's guys that you're like, okay, I like him. I like him. I like him. And they're just coming up short across the board. How much do you put on coaching? Like, that's, I think, the big question here. I mean, I don't, the coaches are absolutely culpable in this thing. But after, like, you know, our fourth coaching staff of the decade, how can I continue to just blame the coaches? Especially, like, a coach who, 12 months ago, if you asked me my opinion of him, it was like, no, he's, he's like, a top three coach in the league. Like, without a doubt, 12 months ago. Like, that's I was I, upset. I was upset when he didn't win coach of the year, when he didn't yeah, win Jack Adams. Yeah, no, like, exactly. It was, I thought it was him and Trotz, and no one else was close. And, like, I, to... Th- yeah, he does some questionable things, and he maybe he's not doing the best job this year. I don't understand what he's doing with the goalies and why Alex Lyon just can't play, for instance. I, what the hell is he supposed to do? If his goalies can't stop a puck, he can't make them. Like, if the power play just can't score, he can't make them. Just can't force it, like, at will? Are you <laughs> sure about that? Uh, if he had Jedi powers of some kind, I would hope he would have utilized them by now. I swear to God, the fan base thinks that these guys have Jedi powers sometimes. Like, why don't they just score? I don't know if it works like that, guys, but, you know, we can try and explore this. I did have to laugh in the game last night when it's the timeout at the end and Michelle Tarion's drawing up the play. It's like, yeah, this guy in charge of one of the worst power plays in the league. He's going to get us back in this game. His offensive genius. Like, that this shit did offensive crack me guru up. right here. Yeah. Oh my Sean McVeigh over here. Just drawing up. <laughs> I, Tarion, man, that I thought was a questionable hiring to start with. And then that power play just, it's really weird when I think back, because when they, they traded Braden Shen, I was like, who gives a shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you miss, you miss some goals, but I'm like, they can replace him on the power play. It's not a big deal. They haven't had a guy who could shoot like that on the power play ever since. And it, it kills me to admit that. And that's like, it seemed like the most interchangeable spot. Like, yeah, just put someone there who's left-handed and Drew will pass it to them and we'll have someone in front and it'll be fine. But it really, it really hasn't been the same. Sean Couturier started out pretty well, but when was the last time? I mean, they have him on the half wall now. When was the last time he scored that little bumper goal? Like, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like every time Drew, I, you know, low call Drew to death, I will defend him all day. But I feel like that slap shot accuracy, when he really winds up, it hits the net maybe... I don't know, 10% of the time. Uh, I mean, he scored on one the other night, and it had to be the first one in like two years. <laughs> yeah. I was it, shocked. It's a great shot, but it's not accurate at all. It's none. Just not, like, none it looks very pretty, but it, it's nowhere close most of the time. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what they do. I don't know. Like, I, I, I think a lot of people want blood. I'm exhausted, man. Like, I am exhausted by this team. Bill, I straight up asked you in a DM... Do you even want to talk about the Flyers tonight? Can we this just is, find something else? This is already more than I thought we were going to do. <laughs> I know. I actually, I almost started this off with, there was a story from, I think it was earlier today, about a guy finding 
shrimp tails in a cinnamon toast crunch. And I almost started off with that <laughs> instead of. That thing just keeps going deeper, man. This has been going on for like two or three days. And I just keep, it wasn't until like today I realized, or I found out it was Topanga's husband. Yeah, I saw that. So we got the slight Philly connection there for Topanga, who was in a 90s show that kind of took place in Philadelphia. Boy Meets World, a, a very unofficial Philadelphia show right there. Where, it, it has I Philly like, stuff, but... Where where in Philly? Because like, they never said, like, oh yeah, this is... Like, they never tried to be... Like, what part of Philadelphia do you think Like, the Goldberg that... straight up says Jenkintown. And even though yeah, it's exactly. sunny California, Jenkintown, at least yeah. they say it's Jenkintown. Boy yeah, Meets like, World, that's not... I don't know what part of Philly that's supposed to be. It's like the most like pearly white suburban like life, like full house life. And they're like, yeah, we're in Philly. Like, oh, are you now? Is that some weird part of the Northeast I've never heard of? <laughs> yeah. And I just rewatched the show like beginning of pandemic. Well, I guess that was like a year ago. Shit. But at some oh, point man. early in the pandemic, I rewatched Boy Meets World. It, uh, it holds up. Yeah. But it's still not Philly. <laughs> no, no. It's just this weird imaginary Philadelphia. But hey, I'll take the credit. I'll, I'll take the slight Philly connection there. That's fine. How? I gotta say, I have a box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch, like, right in front of me, honestly. And is this hasn't deterred me at all from my love of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Bill, I want you to dump that out on your desk right now. Inspect every square right now. No, it, it hasn't deterred... There was, like... A split second today where I thought about going in, because I have a shit ton of cereal. I've basically only eaten cereal during the pandemic. Like, from the, the start of this, Honey Nut Cheerios has made so much fucking money off of me during this pandemic. <laughs> and I thought about going in and just inspecting every one of them. And then I said, eh, who's got the time? Yeah, like, if shrimp tails fall out of my cereal box, shrimp tails fall out of my cereal box. There's worse things you can find in your cereal, honestly. I mean, if they found the mouse poop and floss, that's actually the worst things for me. But yeah, I don't that, know, maybe like true. a, I guess a human tooth, that could be worse. <laughs> that's like a prize. Like, what if you found out it was a celebrity's tooth? And they'd be like, oh, well, oh. okay. Oh, that's, <laughs> I, I can't even think of a good celebrity for that. That's Brian Cranston's gold tooth. <laughs> How about that? How much can I pawn this for on eBay? I guess you'd need a certificate of authenticity for the tooth. I guess so. I just don't know who to go to. Actually, I could probably find a guy in, like, I don't know, North Philly or something who'll get that for me in, like, five seconds. Oh, without a doubt. There was a point in my life uh, I was doing um, fake Wait, Yelp. What? I said North Philly. I live in, like, Mob South Philly. I could walk two houses down. Okay, never mind. <laughs> There's a point in my life I was doing uh, fake Yelp reviews for money, uh, like 15 bucks a pop, just writing like 200 word Yelp reviews. And I finally stopped doing it when I got assigned a uh, a 24 hour dentist over by like uh, like Columbus Spring Garden sort of area over there. And that's when I was like, you know, this could be unethical, but I bet you that dentist is the guy you'd go to for such uh, for such records. <laughs> so this story has it all with <laughs> you were getting paid for Yelp reviews for yeah. fake Yelp reviews, which in and of itself is amazing. That's a, a hell of a cushy gig right there. Like, would you just go in and just gush about everything saying this was the most amazing experience of my life? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I made up a story for the, for the 24 hour dentist. I made up a story of uh, getting my tooth knocked out. 
at um at at the at the festival pier uh in the in the pit during offspring and <laughs> they they patched me up and it was it was all good and like it, it all was well and then when i when i finished that one i was like you know when i was writing them for you know tire stores and shit like that restaurants that was fine that's not going to kill anybody but like a dentist i don't know man he puts you under this seems like a bad idea yeah, no, I'm not trusting that. And I I always find, like, CD dentists, CD doctors, like, compelling things when they'll throw that into a show. Like, uh, I think Justified had an arc where there was a, or there was a just an episode where it was, like, a, a dentist who was, like, I don't know, he didn't have a license or something, and he had to try, try to go to the border. Shit like that is always just very amusing to me. Yeah, like, the, uh, I always appreciate, like, a doctor who's lost his, uh, a doctor who's lost his license, so now he just works with criminals, you know, because they can't go to the hospital. So he just, like, right. like, in weeds, like, the sun breaks his arm, so they have to take him to this, like, veterinarian, basically. Yes, and it's always, like, it's either a disgraced doctor, and this is all he does now is, like, mob fix-ups, or it's a vet who just does it on the side because he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, like, what's the difference between a, between a horse and a person? They both have bones. <laughs> I presume both have hearts and <laughs> yeah. other such organs. You just gotta cut. You just gotta like cut the dosage down on drugs a little bit for humans. It's basic math. Yeah, just a little yeah. bit less ketamine. Yeah, just a tiny bit less. Oh my god! And with the shrimp cereal guy, I his name was apparently Jensen Carp, which <laughs> Craig and I talk a lot about like good hockey names and. Just names that don't even sound real. Jensen Carp doesn't even sound like a real name by hockey standards. It just sounds like the most... Wait, wasn't wasn't there a... Uh, and this is something we talked about pre-show. Wasn't there a Carp in, uh, in Mighty Ducks? Oh, shit. I think there was. I'm pretty sure there was. This is some quick Googling on my part. I love when everybody hears me typing on the Oh, show. it's the, the best. best. I love that sound. Like, oh yeah, oh. kind of I have no idea when when someone asks me a question on BSH and I'm like, "Yes, I'm the expert here. Let me." And then you just hear typing. I'm like, "Maybe I should edit that out." I won't, but no. I I edit it out sometimes if I can, but then it depends on how tired I am at the end of the day. Uh yeah, Carp was the fat kid with the bad attitude. Okay. All right. Yeah, he had like a bowl haircut. <laughs> Didn't make the sequel. I don't think he made the sequel, no. Okay. Dave Carp. That's a fucking name right there. This Dave fucking Gen like, do you believe Jensen Carp? Like, do you believe this story at all? I don't know. I don't, I mean, I initially, I, I go back and forth, right? Like, I, I think it's, it sounds pretty bullshitty, right? Like, why would that, that actually be in there? But then again, I did actually find, when I was a kid, I had these fruit snacks. I can't remember what brand they were, but I actually found these metal rings in the fruit snacks, like these washers. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know why my family didn't get rich off that. I, I should go question my dad. Let's get my dad on the line right now and ask him why he didn't sue that fruit snack company. He's like, he's going to be like, we did. We just didn't give you the fucking money. You were a kid. Oh, that sounds right. That <laughs> sounds absolutely right. That explains why, like, <laughs> there was one day where my dad was just like, oh, yeah, I paid one of your student loans. Just one of many of just them. Just one of them. <laughs> Thank you. And which I'm not I'm not mad about that, but you know, he's got that secret stash and it all yeah. makes sense now. That was his slight guilt coming out. Thanks, Dad. Like if, sure. if this <laughs> if this happened to any random person, I'd I'd totally believe it. But the fact that it's like Topenga's husband 
and he's like a radio host or something. Like, I don't know. I just, I guess it's like a random. There's a couple things that are. It's a random enough celebrity. Like this didn't, like this didn't happen to like Brad Pitt or something. So it's like a random enough sea level celebrity that I guess it's plausible. But I, I don't, I've, like, shrimp tails are so random. They're so random. Like, do you think he just ate a shrimp and rolled it in the cinnamon sugar dust and was like, look what I found. Holy shit. Pay attention to me, internet. Yeah, that's exactly what I think happened, actually. That sounds like a fun activity, just eating shrimp and rolling it in cinnamon sugar dust. He was actually high and ate a bunch of, uh, ate a bunch of shrimp. Yeah, you know what? Accidentally rolled it in in cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah, the stripper in his stomach co- coated in cinnamon. They were delicious. We solved the mystery, guys. We solved it. <laughs> it's done. Cinnamon Toast Crunch can pay Bill all the money that they were going to pay to Jensen Carp, the fake name here. That's You know how they put, like, Dorito dust on everything? When does that happen with Cinnamon Toast Crunch dust? Like, as a dessert? I think it happens if you're high and you're just eating it out of the box. <laughs> like, well, with your just yeah. grubby mitts. Clearly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's probably what I'm going to do for dinner tonight. It sounds delicious. That sounds like a great dinner. It's it's not a great dinner, kids, but it'll do. It'll do. As I said, I've been living off cereal this entire friggin' pandemic. We're all adults here. We're all adults here. I'm not surrounded by toys and goofy sport, sports merchandise in my basement here. <laughs> yeah. oh, my None God. of that. That's outstanding. Oh, yeah. my. <laughs> I almost <laughs> wish I recorded this on video, like, for all the just crap I have down here. I, it's a wonder my girlfriend hasn't just thrown it all out when I wasn't looking at some point. Like, I've got a Shane Victorino uh, fathead stick thing here next to me. I've got a Jason Worth bat from the World Series, maybe? I've got all sorts of fun, dumb shit. My favorite thing is a recent edition. I got these um, Legion of Doom uh, Christmas tree ornaments that are made out of old uh, starting line figures. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, that I love, and that actually gets me in the, the nice hockey spirit. They, uh, Bill, I'll turn on my camera very briefly to show this off to you. I, I usually do not keep the camera on because I don't subject my my uh, guests to such uh, nonsense here. But oh, nice, John Leclerc right here. Okay, yeah, that's I have the Lindros uh, like when Hallmark was putting out the um, the ornaments every year. I have like a Lindros, a Gretzky. A Yager and an Oor. Ah, oh, there's Big E. Big E. That's a good collection right there. Does the Yager have a mullet? It's, it's slight. Slight mullet. Slight mullet. I guess that's better than nothing. Like I, yeah. I feel like in the 90s, they just phoned in so many of those toys where they're just like, eh, it's good enough. Kids will that's, buy it. Who cares? Me and a couple of my friends, like, we're in this uh, pro wrestling, like, group chat with each other. It's basically all we do. Like, his wife will be like, what are you talking to Bill about at 2 in the morning? He's like, what do you think? Wrestling. But he'll play a game, like, he'll take a picture of one of his old action figures and just be like, guess who this is? And it's like, we'll all guess. No one will be close. Like, no, it's Val Venus. I'm like, really? Because, um, like, that looks like a woman. <laughs> Yeah, they just phoned all that shit in because they could. It was just yeah, a cash 100%. grab. Yeah, one hundred percent. They were just like, "Oh, they'll buy it." Yeah, this doesn't look remotely like a person, but yeah, whatever. It's close enough. We it, the names on the box. It's good enough for the kids. What's the worst one you've seen? Uh the worst one. Um, man, there was. There's like so many of the like, anyone who isn't white is just the exact same face. 
like so little effort is put into like di- distinguishing between them and it's just like oh yeah we'll change their hat something like that that's true that is 100% true they just do just not like give absolutely a shit. no effort put into it whatsoever like jack specific was like nah we we already we already have it <laughs> That's uh that just brings me back. It, it, they, any minority, if it's if it's not white, they just because white people they make slight alterations. For like, say he's got the mustache, the signature Hulk Hogan mustache, but the rest of the face wouldn't even be close. And then everything else, like you'd be lucky if they even phoned in. <sighs> Bill, back to hockey briefly, and I, I know we have to if drag we you kicking and screaming back into this. <laughs> what did you think about the, the Tim Peel news earlier today? Where, I guess he's kind of getting shit-canned, but I think he just ran out of fucks and decided, hot mic, why not? Let's just let everybody know that the games are not quite rigged, but we do make-up calls constantly. No, I love love that they're acting as if it's discipline when they're starting his retirement a month early. Like, I think I saw he wasn't even going to be refing in the playoffs. It was, like, in April he was going to retire. So they were just like, yeah, screw it, and we'll put out a whole press release. He won't be refing now or in the future. Well, yeah, he he told you that already. He said he was retiring. Uh, it's it's just funny that anybody thought anything different about. It. If you've watched one period of hockey, like you know that the game isn't governed by a rule book. It's governed by keeping the penalties even. That's it. That's the only thing they do. They make up calls, keeping the games close, game management as they call it. Like that's what governs hockey. It's not the rules. No one gives a shit about the rules. Watch any game. They just let no. things go all the time. They call things that didn't happen all the time. It's it's just funny that it became a controversy over something everybody acknowledges. Like, if the Flyers get two power plays in a row, Jonesy says, well, you know, the next call's going against them every single time. And you know what's funny with that? I've really noticed this season that the Flyers announcers really have just given less fucks than usual as far as calling that stuff out like jj at this point is just like i i don't know what to say about this team anymore I, I, these calls are ridiculous uh I, I just don't know how to go on with this like justin braun 10 seconds into the game last night gets called for interference and it's like they just played a couple they just played a bunch of games against the islanders in which that happens on every single shift multiple times oh yeah like they just finished lacing up their skates <laughs> He was just catching his first breath of the game. How's he already getting a penalty there? It's like the officiating is just so bad, and we know part of it is league mandate. Like, nah, forced parity. That's what the NHL is. Forced parity. Uh, and the dude left his microphone on. I hope he did it on purpose. That would have been funny. Oh, yeah. I I don't think he did, but I'd like to think he did, because it was because it was such a great quote. It was like, uh, it wasn't much, but I wanted to get a fucking penalty against Nashville early. Yeah, like, he just wanted, laid it out there. Wanted to get the call. <laughs> it's so good. The fact that he threw the fucking in there, too, just to get it on TV, made it perfect. Oh, it made it perfect. And I love that it's just like, I just want to get in the office, you know, uh, get some work done early, and then fuck off for a bit. Like, that kind of just casual attitude about yeah. it. No, this was just hanging out at work, like, talking to your boy. Like, that's all it was. Water cooler talk, net talk, it's the same shit. And now the NHL's making it look, oh, there'll be an investigation. Like, <laughs> fucking investigation, he said it. He said it! What, what are we investigating? The microphone was on, it was on television. I love 
false false NHL outrage like this, where they're just like, we're going to take care of things. We're, we're as outraged as you about this. They don't give a shit. Yeah. This is just PR 101, and they're not even that good at PR 101. No, it's they're really bad at it, in fact. It constantly amazes me how bad the NHL is at basic public relations, stuff like this. Like, they're always the last sports league to take a stand on anything. The last one to put out a state. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess we should do that too. Oh, they are, like, they don't even take themselves seriously as, like, one of the big four sports. Like, no, they are, they are not bigger than, and they are not a top sport by any, it is a niche genre. Yeah. And and a lot of it's because they don't have that attitude, because they don't act like they belong there. They just are like, oh, let the MLS have that spot. We're just fine staying where we are. Let's take a year off and then be on the Outdoor Life Network. This probably won't hurt our bottom line. Kids, let me tell you about the time hockey was on the Outdoor Life Network. (laughs) Nobody knew where it was. This is when cable was the only way to find an NHL game, too. And nobody knew what goddamn channel that was. Yeah, there were no illegal streams or anything to find. It was just... It was just... All right, here's a hunting and fishing show, and now here comes the hockey. Right, that was it. And it just, as a hockey fan at that time, it was just the most deflating feeling to go from, at least they were like, while they were bottom tier ESPN, at least they were still on an ESPN. And then they went to Outdoor Life, and you're just like, what am I even doing? Was it? The, I think it was before the lockout. Um, it was, a, I think it was the Detroit-Carolina uh, final when... Like the the overtime of a finals game got preempted for like they switch networks for the for a horse race pre-show. Like the horse race wasn't starting for another hour or something, yep. but we had to get the pre-show in there. And this overtime Stanley Cup final game, yeah, that's that's going over to the B network. People got to gamble on these horses. They got to get ready. They got to drink their mint juleps. Drives me insane. Dr- and NBC would still do it all the time. It wouldn't quite be as dire as like, actually, it would be overtime pretty often. And you're just you're sitting there with your hands up, going, "What? <laughs> what is this? Are you serious right now?" And they really just do not give a shit about hockey. They were going to get better ratings for people preparing to watch horses race for a minute. Oh, one hundred percent. Like it was a, it was a, it was a smart move to do it. <laughs> like more people tuned <laughs> yeah. in. More people tuned in. And that, does that speak more to just, like, hockey as a sport? I, I can't imagine it speaks to hockey as a sport, because hockey is a legitimately great sport, but the personalities with it are always a problem, because it's just the, the least amount of personality you can possibly have in a sport. And it's just marketed terribly across the board. Like, I don't understand how these guys keep going to Gary Bettman and going, you've done such a great job, Gary, when the sport has just become more and more niche every year. And, like, there is there is quite a barrier to entry. Like, anyone can understand football because you went out and threw football around. Everyone understands baseball. Everyone understands basketball. Like, hockey is really fast. And I always say, if you didn't play it a little bit growing up, like, you have to know where the puck is going. It, it happens really fast. If you're not anticipating it, you miss it. So, like, I, I do think, like, so many Americans not having played it growing up, like, really hurts it in terms of its popularity because man watching it myself i don't understand how it's not the most popular sport it is so much goddamn fun right i feel the same way like it, exciting overtime in hockey is the best thing in sports like you're just on the edge of your seat constantly 
every time the puck's going on goal, you're just like ready to just jump out. Your heart, your heart's about to beat out of your chest. It's fantastic. But you're right. It, it's the least accessible. I, I played like, I don't know. I was a mite on ice for a year and horrible at it. But I played a lot of street hockey growing up, and that really helped enforce my my love of the sport. Like, even just playing that level helps a lot, but people don't even really do that for the most part. Tell you what really pissed me off the other night was, like you said, overtime is so great. When uh, Flyers go to overtime, and it starts out with the uh, with the power play. So, of course, we just have four on four the whole time. We didn't. We don't even get the three on three until the very end, I think. I was like, so I have to watch. I have to watch this shit game. And also, I don't even get the most exciting part. <laughs> like, that really, that was just like the uh, the epitome of, of the Flyers last couple of weeks. It really was. And yeah, that completely just deflated that overtime for me was watching it be four on four. Because really, the three on three makes such a difference because it changes the game is so dynamically where they're just everything's faster. Everything's more wide open. It's great. Four on four turns it right back into your regular five on five. Basically there's almost no difference between four on four and five on five. Not to mention the flyers have to have two defensemen out there, which is like a a real liability for them. Yes. Yes, it is. Like when they only have to have one, it's like, Oh, they got a real chance tonight. Like two thirds of the guys on the ice are pretty good. I think you discovered it. That's the key right there. One defenseman. Yeah. Just just change formations. Don't worry about the rest. Just pure offense. Why even play with a goalie at this point if you're the Flyers? Just have offensive players and one defenseman on the ice at all times. Should they just, like, at 5-on-5, five five, go with one guy? Like, dress 14, 15 forwards? Just have one defenseman? Let's do it. Let's go nuts. That's what the, the that's what the organization's deep in. Like, go for it. Yeah, just go with Provorov, Sandheim, and Myers and see see what the fuck happens. Let's get nuts. At this point, what can it hurt to not just get nuts with the season? I wouldn't be bothered by it if they experimented with it, honestly. I can't even... I would love to see this. I know the Flyers would never <laughs> even try anything risky. I think they actually went with the seven defensemen one game, which... Seems insane for this team to go with an extra defenseman. Like, you're willingly doing this? They don't have six. (laughs) That Eric Gustafson signing, I... It it was like, okay, I kind of get it when it happened. And now I'm looking back at it, and I just... I hate it so much. And every time he goes out there and tries to play defense, it it makes me cry. There There was a point he, like, got turned around last night. And defended a guy with his back, and his arms were behind his back. And honestly, it was like one of his most effective defensive plays of the year. I wanted to shit all over it, and then I watched it happen. I was like, "Well, the guy didn't score. <laughs> like maybe this kind of works. Maybe this is what he needs to do: is play backwards all the time." You know what? I think you got it. You nailed the key right there. I, I Gustafson makes plays like that, like seeing Prosser out there the other night. Which game was it? I think it was one of the Islanders games where Prosser was just, like, giving away the puck left and right like he was Oprah, just giving out prizes. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I honestly, I fully believe that Nate Prosser playing him is Vino trying to send a message to Chuck Fletcher, like, you have to get me something else or I'm going to keep embarrassing you by playing this guy. <laughs> At least that's an explanation, because there is no other explanation. He had one decent game. And it's just been all downhill ever since that. Like, the worst thing that could have happened was him scoring a goal. Because then it was like, oh, we might have found something here. Like, (laughs) or every now and then a puck goes in. 
Right. Right. And he just, those turnovers, I, I was talking about this a little bit with Kelly. I can't believe this defense is actually worse than some of the defenses we were seeing a few years back, back when we had like Nick, Nick Schultz and Andrew McDonald and all them. Like, and sometimes this defense is way worse than those horrible defenses. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really, God damn it. Wow. Yeah, that's true. Like, and the goaltending has been letting them down so much. Like, say what you will about Steve Mason, and I will say all sorts of negative things about him. He was kind of good for a little while, you know? Like, Michael Neuvert, he had his moments. When he was healthy, he was good. Yeah, he was fine when he was healthy. He was just only healthy once every two months. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a great save by Neuvert, and that's the season. Mr. Glass is gone. Remember watching those, like, Nick Schultz teams? And just thinking, man, when all these guys get here, Sanheim, Provorov, Haig, Moran, Gostaspair, when they get here, we're going to be great. Well, <laughs> turns out the defense is worse than ever. And I can't, I just don't understand it at all. And I don't understand what's happened with the goaltending. I, it baffles me. <laughs> all the words you, you referenced at the beginning yeah. of the show, I just come back to them and I don't understand it and that's the problem at the end of the day i don't understand what went wrong and what is going wrong and that's what's really making me upset about this season it's like why i'm angry is because like you made me look like a fool i've been saying like oh no they're good they're gonna be good like this is it they're gonna contend for a stanley cup and now i look like an imbecile like i have to do radio i have to do radio hits and shit and like backtrack on everything and just admit like oh i was dead wrong this team just does not have it right and i remember saying at one point oh god and it feels like forever ago but i think we're talking about early february or late january saying this division really comes down to the capitals bruins and flyers and holy shit does that look bad now that's a terrible take now yeah like the bruins are like (laughs) I, I, like the, the Bruins are only two points up on the Flyers, and the Bruins. Yeah, they're only two points up. <laughs> like, I don't get the it. The Rangers are pretty close to the Bruins too. The Rangers might end up in this fourth playoff spot if the Rangers make the playoffs, and the Flyers at least you know if the Flyers and Bruins don't, if both don't make it, then I think there's just something to yeah. This year was fucked up. Like then I'll be able to accept it a little more if someone else if someone else gets it like inexplicably embarrassed as well, I'll be able to cope a lot better. Yeah. I'm just so jealous of these other divisions. I look over at the other divisions and they they just don't have the number of pain in the ass teams that we have. And on top of that, again, like, yeah, okay, the Bruins are are suffering too, but like, I don't know. I don't think the Rangers are that good. And all of a sudden they're right there with us. (sighs) And then the Islanders are just thriving off of this. I I just keep waiting for the magic to run out. And now it's like, no, actually, we're better than we were. Like, two years ago, I was like, okay, this is just one of them, you know, they're rallying around, losing Tavares, whatever. They're not actually this good. Now they are. Like, they actually are this good now. They, They, like, bought in and became better. Did Lou Lamorello, back in the day, did he actually beat the devil in, like, a fiddling contest or something? (laughs) Is in a fiddling contest. A fiddling contest, the guitar, the banjo, some sort of musical instrument. How did Lou Lamorello do this? How does he continue to do this? I need to know. Just on this revenge tour of just sticking up, sticking it up everybody's ass. Like, your guess is as good as mine. Oh, God. 
I hate him so much. I hate looking at pictures of him when they pop up. It disturbs me to my core. And I, I will never not see him. He's just going to be there in my nightmares forever. He's going to be running a team in the Flyers division until I'm dead. <laughs> right. We can't even get him out of the division. Like, he couldn't go to the Colorado Avalanche. He couldn't go to the, the right. Vegas Golden Knights. He couldn't go to Seattle. Get a brand new start in Seattle. <laughs> Seattle. Nah, Seattle's going to be fine. They're going to get Phil Myers and win the Stanley Cup. That's what everyone keeps telling he's, me. He's going to be the captain of the team. Yeah, yeah, he's such a stud. Like, it's, it's gonna, unbelievable it's how gonna good be Phil, Phil Myers is. Whoever they take, it's going to be Phil, it's going to be Scott Lawton, it's going to be Jake Vor. The funniest scenario is Jake Voracek. They take Jake Voracek. Jake Voracek turns into just an all-star leader of that team. I will, I will empty my bank account on a potential Jake Voracek con Smythe. Like, <laughs> it's it's a foregone conclusion. If he's the guy, if he's the guy, for, it's it's over with already. I'll everything I have. It's like Pierre Edouard Belmar times ten. Oh, with easily, because Belmar tur- was a guy who here we were just like, oh, they took Belmar. That's great, and he actually turned into a pretty useful fourth liner for a couple good teams. No, like it turns out if you put him next to like anybody other than Chris Vandevelde, who didn't belong in the league a little bit, he was an effective enough player. What is Chris Vandevelde doing now? Is he like mowing lawns or something? I think I'm pretty sure. I'm not positive, but I'm fairly certain. Uh, I went into my Wawa the other day in Mulca Hill, and he made me a uh, chicken tender sandwich. <laughs> outstanding ratio of the the buffalo sauce to pickle like sometimes they soak the pickles and it's not even a pickle but no he killed it 100 percent. oh what a guy that chris vandevelde you know what he's always been one thing and that word is balanced <laughs> that's what he is that's what he is there's nothing else at this point there's not much we can do except laugh and hope that chuck fletcher pulls a, a move out of his ass somewhere the one I was seeing most recently was the possibility of Ryan Ellis, which, uh, please get me that. I don't know how you get me that, but get me that. Oh, my God. Like, you know, the idea of Ekholm was cool. Like, yeah, sure, I'll take Matias Ekholm, no problem. Like, the fact that it could be Ryan Ellis, like, that's legitimately exciting. Oh, yeah. That really just... I, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a not-gross way to put this, but it kind of takes me from, uh... <laughs> From 6 o'clock yeah. to midnight there? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw this in 31 Thoughts, and I'm like, yeah, give me that. But then Friedman goes down, and he says, in his number three thought, I could see Philadelphia considering someone like Mark Stahl, if not going the Ellis route. Like, what a yeah, polar freaking opposite there. Talk about, like, Viagra wearing off real fast. <laughs> like, I haven't... I haven't Oh, Mark Stahl, I have an innie now. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I haven't thought about Mark Stahl in, I don't know, any way in years at this point. Please, Since like 2014? <laughs> yeah. I right. didn't know he was still in the fucking league. I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I remember him when the Rangers were relevant and good. And yeah. I, again, I say this with full knowledge that they've got Breadman and they're right up our asses right now and probably going to surpass us any day now. Congratulations. The Flyers stink. <laughs> Mazel tov. Yeah. We've got Eamon Smith on the block now, and he... Thankfully, the Predators keep being the, the team with all the rumors right now, so I can just go to Eamon and say, you know the Predator stuff. Give me Predators knowledge, please. Get, tell me about the Predators now, because I don't know shit about the Predators, because 
who outside of Nashville does. Love the fan base there, but who pays attention to them? Yeah, talk talk about a team that just like fell off the face of the earth. They were super relevant when P.K. Subban and Wayne Simmons were there a couple years ago. They were in the finals and haven't heard a thing about them since. No, like, and it was so much fun. Like, I really, like, that was such a, of all the non-Flyers finals, like, that was one of my favorite playoff runs to watch. And then, man, they just became not good real fast. Real fast. I think it's just the complete lack of offense there. And also P.K. Subban falling completely off of a ledge, just, which I still can't believe happened. Like, we were talking years ago when that Shea Weber for Subban trade happened, and we are like, oh, well, come on. They got a great It was deal. laughable. Yeah. It was, la- and now, like, Weber's still good. Weber's doing great. He's having, he was a monster in the playoffs last year. He pissed me off against the Flyers in the playoffs. And he's doing great, and Subban's, like, an irrelevant player on the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, like, playing because he makes a ton of money and doing it poorly. An insane contract that, again, when he signed it, you're like, oh, that's a good deal for him. Yeah, I'd sign that all day. And at this point, it's it's unfathomable to think that he makes that much money a year. It's I, I don't know if I've ever seen a player fall off that quickly, like from all-star to bad. All-star and also like a representative of the game, somebody that you want out there. Not everybody liked him, but guess what? He actually had a personality. He was actually somebody who put his face out there. And tried to be a face of the game, and I think most teams wouldn't even want him at this point. No, no, not a single team would take on that contract. That's why he's with the New Jersey freaking Devils, because they're like, yeah, so we'll sell a jersey or three, so it's worth it. We got the cap space, because who the hell else do we have on this roster? <laughs> and they just beat the shit out of they the They just Flyers. beat the shit out of the Flyers, and I hate it so much. I just, I can't wait till they have to sign all these guys. <laughs> I hope Jack Hughes blows up. So they have to spend like thirteen million a year on his on his contract, just like one huge season. Like that would be great. One huge, a Taylor Hall esque season from him. Yes, absolutely. You hear that, Jack? We're rooting for you for one year, <laughs> one time, just to put the Devils in cap trouble. Because <laughs> they've had a ton of room for years, but again, they don't do shit with it, so I can't complain too much. It should roll over in hockey the way it does in football. Like, you should eventually get to spend, like, $300 million if you save your cap space. See, there's actually some motivation for the Flyers to save some cap space, as opposed to the Paul Holmgren days where it's like, okay, who can I LTIR Jenga my way in here <laughs> and just figure some way to make the, all these contracts work? Or the Chuck, Chuck Fletcher, like, oh, well, we got $3 million. Might as well go get, it, go get myself an Eric Gustafson. <laughs> like, oh, yes. It's working out then great. Then Ochara's plan. So Den Ochar is playing for, like, a cup of soup, and we had to give this guy $3 million. A cup of soup. What's a cup of soup in those hands? Is that, like, a, a, like a, a huge bowl for a normal person? It's, yeah, like, no, to be fair, it's, like, it's a, it's a Chara-sized cup of soup, so it is, like, a mega bowl. But still, like, that can't be more than 6 or $7. Yeah, and I, to, go, to go to the Caps... Come on. We just can't we can't luck out in this division. The Flyers aren't playing well. They aren't they aren't playing up to snuff. And the rest of the division finds ways to like the Penguins are resurgent now uh to a degree. They're, you know, not where they were a couple of years ago, but they're they're good enough right now. And the Capitals get cheap signings for nothing. Ovi still looks as good as ever. Yeah, it's I I expected them to kind of be 
like a team on one last run these next couple of years. Like the LaViolette thing, that's exactly the type of team he should be coaching. Like we need to squeeze the last little bit out of these veterans. How do we do it? Okay, LaViolette, that's the voice in the room we need. But I I still thought the Flyers were better than them. And yet again, I was mistaken. (laughs) Yet again, proven completely wrong by the Philadelphia Flyers. That's the lesson is just don't trust the Flyers ever. Never, never expect the Flyers to be good, and you'll be very pleasantly surprised when they are. Never, not once. Never, not once. I and I hate talking like this. Like I hate feeling this pessimistic about them. But I have just been so drained over the past month of this just getting my hopes up just to fall flat on my face every week. And this team is exhausted. This team does not look interested in playing right now. And I don't think there's any end in sight. No, and that's the, like, people keep asking, like, oh, do you think they can salvage it? Do you think they can turn it around? I'm like, yeah, if they had a bye week, maybe. But they're just exhausted. They're clearly frustrated. They're clearly beaten down. And they never get a chance to reset because they play every single freaking night. I don't see, like, unless something magical happens... I don't see what they could possibly rally around because they're not going to just discover some energy. Like, maybe if they bring Yuri Laterra back, they can discover some energy, but I don't see another way. I feel like the only way to do it is if they scratched half the roster for two games, sacrificed those two games to play a Phantoms roster, and brought everybody back after that. But even then, that's just still, what, three, four days off? Yeah, it's it's a couple of days, like... The goalies clearly need the time. The veterans, are all the old guys are the only ones playing well. How long is that going to last with this schedule? Like, Brian Elliott's going to break a trouble. hip. He's going to break a hip a at this rate. That poor old son of a bitch. Like, he, you can't say he ain't trying out there. That's what I'll, I'll, I'll give Elliott. He's a battler. He, he's just throwing his body around. He knows. It's clear he's tired. Like, on that wraparound the other night, the overtime wraparound, like... It, it, he could have waited behind the net a day and a half, and Elliot wouldn't have got over to the opposite post. He's essentially the the Danny Glover and lethal weapon of hockey. He's been too old for this shit for years now, and he ain't getting any younger. And I feel so bad because he does work his ass off. He tries his ass off, and he's a good player, but you just can't rely on him this much. This would be like, in a normal season, he'd be in the perfect role. Like, if if everything was fine with Carter Hart, and the schedule was normal, and he could play, like, one out of four, everything would be fine. (laughs) But since we're in this situation, he's, like, the worst possible goalie to have. Just worst-case scenarios, uh, pretty much everywhere except for the top, like, three or four guys on offense. It's it's a beautiful thing right there. I love it here. I really do. I've never, I'm, I've never had more fun in my life. Well, I'm hoping to think at Ellis. Uh, I've got a, f- a little bit of a scouting report from Eamon here. I'm just going to rattle off real quick. Uh, Eamon said he's one of the five best defensemen in the National Hockey League when healthy, which, uh, yes, please. But yeah, we'll see about that, Eamon. We'll see. Uh, he's been a warrior and a performer in the postseason at every level uh, and is the embodiment of a two-way defender. Love to hear that. Maybe the smartest defenseman in Predators history, which helped make up for his smaller size of 5'10", 180. So Kimo Timonen-esque in that regard. Uh, wins by being aggressive, uses a stick, and generally anticipating play better than everyone else. Has a wicked slap shot and underrated hands that make him a point-scoring threat, but he's not been especially great on the power play in Nashville. Although you could chalk that up to the Predators being awful with the man advantage. Hey, that sounds yeah, familiar. Yeah, they just don't score. <laughs> yeah. We don't either. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's true. Oh, my God. Uh, he's a righty and signed long term until 2026 20, at age 30, getting paid $6.25 million AAV over that time. Uh, I'm okay with that cap hit, frankly. That could be a PK. Oh, 100% Subban. I'm okay with it. Like PK, what's PK making? Nine mil? Yeah, I think like nine point something. Like it's it's a huge number. Oh my god! Actually, I gotta look this up because that I laugh every time I see it, and I laugh only because we don't have to pay him. It's one of the few times I can laugh anymore. It's it's it is nice looking at like the Suter and Parisi contracts and just being like, all right, you know, at oh least god. that wasn't us. Yeah, nine mil. Uh, nine e- it's nine even for Subban, yeah. Yeah, for two more years. Uh, so this season and then next season. So they're almost out of it. I guess they could buy him out of it. But why would they buy him out when they will have a ton of cap space anyway the next year? Yeah, why extend the pain? Like, just get through it. Who wants to play for the New Jersey Devils at the end of the day, too? I mean, you look, you get your options. I could play for the Rangers, who are the big glitzy team, even though they play at a train station. I could play for the Islanders in the middle of nowhere in Long Island, but a uh, good organization right there. I could play for the Flyers, who are a complete clusterfuck, but they are still proud history of the Flyers. Or I could play for the Devils? Great history, but they play in fucking Newark. Yeah, like, it's... By great man, history, I mean uh, great history for, like, a ten-year span. Yeah, from 95 to... Oh, five. 2005, they were great. Hopefully never again. No, I... I can't imagine, yeah, like, any... They could have all the cap space in the world. I can't imagine them being, like, an attractive destination for free agents uh, now that, like, they don't have, you know, a couple, like, you know, Marty Brodeur and a couple Hall of Famers playing in front of them. Right. And, right, that for a while, that was pretty much the only draw, was that they had a great organization. They had Lou over there with his deal with the devil. And... You had Scott Stevens, the dirtiest player in NHL history. All that great stuff. And now they have, what do they got? Mackenzie Blackwood, who's pretty good. Cool. Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes is their great hope. How good was him falling down on that breakaway? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, I mean, you know, they they still won and everything, uh, but it was just, like, such a laughable moment. Like, he's gone. And all of a sudden, he's flat on the ice. It's like the Daniel Jones with the the breakaway touchdown, falling down moment at the NHL. Just a couple of overrated players on teams from New Jersey. That's all. Falling down. All it is. And we can obviously talk trash as fans of both the Eagles and Flyers, the most stable, productive organizations (laughs) in the world. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Well, Bill... I guess we'll just have to drink our way through the rest of the season and hope next year's better. Uh, that's what I planned on doing either way. It's a good plan. It's a good plan. I think that's about all the hockey I have in me tonight, folks. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any feedback for it, the best place is on Twitter. Bill, I'm sure everybody and their mother is following you already, but where can people find you on Twitter? Follow me at Philadelphia one or don't. It's up to you. Uh, I mostly tweet about pro wrestling and beer when something like the... Uh, I will say, I do think I'm great at sarcastic quotes uh, when something like the F- F- uh, Fletcher press conference happens. I think like that, like that, today, that's what I'm best at on Twitter. So follow me at Philadelphia one when, uh, when fun things like press conferences happen. Oh, yeah. I didn't even bring up the Fletcher press conference because I really... 
<laughs> what, what can you even say about it, right? Because, like, who gives a shit? <laughs> well, we were talking about this in the Slack earlier. The GMs get out there and they give these press conferences to be like, all is well, but we're all, like, Rome is burning. And we're all saying, yeah. put out the fire. And Chuck's like, uh, I'll get to the fire, you know, but we got to go through the right process to take out the fire. Yeah, we don't want to offend the fire. We have to figure out how the fire started first, and then we'll get to putting it out. Like, yeah, I mean, he, what was anyone expecting him to say? That's he, what he GMs said, do. Uh, yeah, it was a press conference because they haven't had a press conference in a while. Like, that was it. A press conference for press conferences. Yeah, like, the press, like, you know, the players don't say shit ever, so... No. You know, throw, throw the writers a bone and give them someone else to quote for, you know, a couple of days. Huzzah! Yeah, GMs just, especially NHL GMs, they're not going to get out there and start trashing guys left and right. If nobody ever trashed Andrew McDonald, nobody's going to trash a guy on this current team. <laughs> like, they actively told us, no, you're wrong, Andrew McDonald is good. Like, what the fuck did you expect to hear today? He deserves to make $5 million a year. You're all idiots. Probably more. We got him in a deal. You don't have the stats we have, okay? We have super top secret stats. I love when they say that, by the way. You don't have the metrics oh, yeah. we have. By Buddy, what we're counting. Yeah. Do you know the nerds we Buddy, have around here? We have all the metrics. Yeah. Look, you know what I'm counting? 45 years without a cup. All right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, my stat to that's my stat to tell me you ain't doing a good job. That's my basic math, and I think it's pretty accurate. All right. No, the yeah. GMs don't say shit. I wasn't expecting anything. I have no. I, I, my expectations for a general manager to say anything, say anybody in the NHL outside of, I don't know, an iron an iron Mike Keenan to say anything interesting, or John Tortorella on his uh his off days. Uh, it, it my expectations completely gone for that. Oh, what's Keenan up to? Maybe we can bring him back. Is he in Russia or something right now? I think the last time I checked, doing? I think. He was definitely coaching for the KHL at one point. I think it might have even been a Chinese team. Nobody wants to be in Russia. Like, you gotta be able to entice him back. Yeah. Let's see. What is Mike Keenan up to? I should have just asked Siri right here. <laughs> okay. So he was, after a dis... Okay, on March 16, 2017, Keenan was announced as the new head coach of HC Kun uh, Kunlan Red Star, the KHL's first Chinese-based team. I'm sure... Everything translated well for Mike Keenan there. After a disappointing start to the 17-18 season, Keenan was fired by Kunlun Red Star on December 3rd, 2017. So wait, how long did he last? Less than a year. Okay, yeah. March okay. to December. Yeah. Um, like, that's some Ted Lasso shit. <laughs> like, how... How could he possibly communicate? Just pointing. Just a lot of pointing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Keenan seems like the kind of guy if he he thinks if he just yells loud enough, it will transcend all barriers. Yeah, I guess like uh, yeah, that's wild to me. I can't imagine like I can't imagine what it would take to get me to go to a different country, let alone like one that is so wildly different. Like I'm saying, I can't imagine what it would take to get me to go, you know, to Canada. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Coach a Chinese, a Chinese KHL team. Like Canada at least mostly speaks the same language as you. Maybe a couple different phrases, maybe some milk and bags, but mostly the same. This is just completely different. Fucking wild. Uh, can you imagine? But yeah, bring. Like if bring you went back. back to the past and grabbed like in his peak Mike Keenan 
and <laughs> made him the coach of this current team, I think he'd have a heart attack within three days. Yeah. No, there'd be, like, he'd be locked up. <laughs> the team would quit. Like, the team would, sh- like, they're quitting on this guy. They're gonna, they would straight up just not show up to practice. They would strike. Like, I can't even imagine, like, everybody hates John Tortorella, right? But Tortorella isn't even a quarter of what Keenan and Pat Quinn were back in the 80s. No, like, it would be a problem. There'd have to be, like, press conferences and, like, uh, PR, like, uh, damage control. Like, it would be it would be a problem. Like, it would be some real, uh, he'd get canceled. Oh, within days. He wouldn't even last that, yeah. that majority of a year that he was with the Chinese team for. It would be, no. I don't know, a week tops. All right. Well, we were doing the outros before before we started talking yeah. about Mike Keenan. Uh, follow Bill at Philadelphia. You can follow me at Flyperbole or at Estee Bomb. Make it Flyperbole for your hockey needs. Uh, follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. As I say every week, amazing podcast on Broad Street Hockey for you to check out. Kelly does checking out the competition. BSH Radio. And poor Bill has to do all our post games. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, man. God bless you. Me neither. I really don't know. <laughs> Especially, like, after games like last night, I just, you're one of the first thoughts I have and go, oh, poor Bill's got to talk about this game now. Like, and it's already my nightmare. Like, you know how I feel about a Tuesday night against the Devils. It's already my nightmare. It's already bad. It's just worse after losing that game. Like, if if they pulled out two points, or even if they had just gotten the loser point, it would have been somewhat better. But no, they lost in regulation to the crap-ass Devils. What a year. What a year. Folks, thanks for sticking with us. We're always here to entertain. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 wow.